Well, it might be a great Who song, but uh, sad to say the kids are not all right. And I can tell you through my own experience as a mom to an eight-year-old, the deterioration that I've seen day by day, you know, my son crying from being so lonely. And uh, in the last few weeks, he's been crying himself to sleep. He waits up for me to get off the air because he tells me he's scared he's going to die. And it's terrible to see it. And I don't know what to do with it, but I also know that I'm not alone. There's a lot of parents out there seeing this very same thing. And data before the third wave showed these startling mental health issues in kids, seeing things like anxiety, depression, eating disorders, and an escalation in suicides. But that was before this third wave. Now kids have missed more school, and they're going through more isolation in lockdown. And so what will the data say next? And, you know, some will argue keeping schools closed is for the kids' safety. What's not being taken into consideration is the mental health impacts that will not go away once COVID does. Dr. Jane Little is a lecturer for the Department of Pediatrics at Ottawa University and a community pediatrician. And you wrote about this for the Ottawa Citizen, and I appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Alex. So much appreciate you uh, having me on and being able to get this message out. Well, I know I'm not alone as a parent seeing this in their kids. So, I mean, what what are some of the things we're now seeing in wave three that weren't being seen in the last couple of waves? Um, I mean, I don't think it's that it's necessarily new things we're seeing. It's just the the degree of it that we're seeing. Um, everything you said, depression, anxiety, loneliness, kids are sad. Um, they are, they're isolating themselves. They are exceedingly unmotivated. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's sad to see. And it's in kids who, you know, were other, many were kids who were otherwise high functioning. And, you know, they have just, deteriorated and it's just it, it's on a downward spiral and um, you know my my colleagues and myself recognize this we recognized this very early on in the pandemic back in May of 2020 we you know there's about 70 or 80 of us in the Ottawa area uh, community pediatricians we came together we came together initially for ourselves uh, to help and support each other with things like getting PPE, but very quickly um, through our, our own experiences in our adults and actually as parents many times, mm-hmm. we, we were seeing this and we started saying, what can we do to help? What's the problem? And, you know, it's, it's just we've seen it uh, in our patients, the, the number of patients we're seeing for anxiety, depression in, in young children, in teenagers, and it comes out in so many different ways. We're seeing kids, you know, completely disengaged with school, completely disengaged with their families. We're seeing kids with numerous physical complaints, you know, headaches, tummy aches, constipation. Um, it's just taking so many different paths. And sadly, it is presenting a severe mental illness. In many, we're seeing kids with extreme suicidality. Um, you know, the, the, the number of children that are suffering is, is immense. You know, we're recognizing the eating disorders. You mentioned that mm-hmm. there's been a huge increase in eating disorders. I'm seeing it myself in my own practice. And these kids are getting sick. They're getting much, much sicker than previous, much faster. Um, and the, the demand is so outweighing the, um, the supports that are out there. 
And I, yeah. I, guess I mean, the one thing. Our, I guess I was going to say our, con- our concern initially was, I mean, I think at the very, very beginning of COVID, um, I think we all took this great big sigh of relief, our, myself included as a physician, when it sort of became initially evident that kids were not likely to get extremely unwell even sick in minor ways from COVID. We all sat back and, you know, the running statement was kids will be fine. You know, sadly, I mean, we're now a year and a half plus into this and the kids are not fine. There's so many different challenges. Um, You know, and as I said, the mental health issues, the uh, eating disorders, the suicidality, the academic decline, uh, obesity, huge yeah um you know yeah because they're not they're not doing any sports in that let me ask you this because i mean my son used to play with kids all the time now when he goes to the park he only wants to play by himself and he's a very social kid a lot of people you know will just kind of say don't worry kids bounce back they always bounce back is that true i mean i think if they are supported um you know my hope is always that they'll be resilient but you know what evidence doesn't always show us that they've shown that isolation um, its duration of isolation may actually increase risk for long term for depression eight nine ten years Mm. down the road so that's one of the reasons we've spoken up as a group the ottawa community pediatricians network to say look at we we pray we hope that, and we know the COVID pandemic will come to an end at some point. And I think everyone's going to say, look, at, we can get back to normal. Our concern is the recognition. This is going to have a legacy. This is going to have a long-term impact that cannot be ignored. And we need to prepare for it now. We need to ensure yeah. supports are there for kids. There are simple steps that can be done to try and mitigate even today. You know, kids are isolating themselves. They're spending 24-7 in their bedrooms. I'm doing doctor visits in the child's bed virtually. I mean, this is just not normal. You know, we're encouraging families to do their best, get kids outside, get them off their electronics, Mm -hmm. maintain Mm -hmm. some sort of routine, um, get them out of their rooms, and, you know, reach out if there's problems. Yeah. And the other the other thing. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, um, there's a huge loss of of education and social skills. Um, You know, they're saying the COVID slides about a year and a half of loss of education, but nowhere in the conversation are we even hearing anything about, you know, okay, what we're going to do as a plan of getting kids caught up in school. Are they just going to push them through to the next grade? I mean, there's nothing even in discussion at this point. No. And I mean, you've got to think a year and a half for some kids, maybe like three years for some kids who are already behind. So, you know, you've got to be very careful of what that can mean to the most vulnerable. And I mean, it's it's the academic losses these kids have had. There's so many other pieces to the puzzle about the, you know, schools being closed. You know, their social their social skills are, are not developing or they're regressing. Um, I've got little kids who should either have just started school or not quite there who, you know, I'm seeing them decline in their social social development. I've got children who should be talking and playing and interacting and they've just stopped talking. And I think it's just they don't have ways and means or reasons to yeah. talk. You know, these are those COVID yeah. babies, COVID toddlers, and it's 
so, so concerning. Now, not to mention if you've got a child on the spectrum or, you know, some kind of... Uh, you know, those kids are being completely lost or those who, who are marginalized and in, you know, more impoverished neighborhoods. Um, and so it's a generational, I think, the problem that's not going to show itself for a while. It's huge. You are so, so right. And I mean, the kids who, who the autistic or my children with significant learning disability, they have been so challenged trying to engage in virtual academics, you know, and the families are trying to be parents, they're trying to be the employee, they're trying to be teachers, they're trying to be psychologists and therapists, because those resources aren't there. They've lost their own support, be it family members, because they're all in bubbles. I mean, these Mm -hmm. kids are just, you know, they're suffering. And one of the things too, schools offer so many pieces to kids for some it's their safety it's their nutrition you know there are yeah. kids where that is their protective place that is their happy mm-hmm. place be it you know children that do have social uh challenges in the home um the other you know schools and extracurricular activities those are other eyes on children so children are going to yeah. fall through the cracks they the coaches that have developed supportive relationships with kids, teachers who are looking out for kids. You know, a child grows by a team. They say it takes a village to raise a child, and it's never, ever been so true. And these villages are just lost. Yeah, it's very, uh, very sad, but certainly a conversation we still have to keep having. Doctor, I appreciate your time on this. We'll have another chat again. Thank you so, so much. We ask everybody to consider getting a vaccine as soon as one is available to them. It is one of the ways we are going to get through this. Just waiting for that call. Just waiting for that call. Dr. Jane Little, thank you very much. Thank you. And she is with the uh, Pediatrics of Ottawa University and also with a group uh, that was recently launched in Ottawa called the Community Pediatricians Network, if you want to take a look at the work that they're doing.